great to see you in church. And I just want to say a huge welcome to you tonight if you are new or visiting. And if you're normally here, it is awesome to see you as well, of course. Um, so if you were here last month, our series was called I Have Decided. So did anyone join us for any of those? It was an amazing series, and we heard from some incredible young adults that shared their heart about what having decided means to them. So we heard about making a daily decision to follow Jesus. We heard about trusting God through every circumstance and situation. We heard about, what did we hear about? Being involved in people's worlds and not conforming to the the things that we see around us. And finally, we heard about continuing to climb from the valley, even when life is really, really tough. And tonight, our new series is I Will Follow. And really, this is a continuation on from I Have Decided. Because once we have made a decision, we then need to live that decision out every single day. Every decision that we make in life requires a response. And this response that I have decided is that I will follow. It's a declaration that no matter what comes my way or no matter what comes your way in your life, we will continue to follow Jesus. So if you've got your Bible with you tonight, feel free to turn with me to Matthew 4. We're reading from verses 18 to 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So here we have a story of four men four disciples of Jesus, that from this moment forward, they passionately follow Jesus. And I'm not talking about, you know, they kind of followed him around a bit, but I mean they hung on every word he said. They watched his every move. Anywhere he went, they went. Anything he did, they imitated. Anything he said, they would also say. Their whole life was dedicated to this one man, Jesus. And here we get to see the exact moment where he called them. And there's no fireworks or, I mean, I guess they were at the ocean, so there's no dolphins, you know, diving out of the water. Maybe there was. But it's not this amazing, huge, special moment. In fact, Jesus doesn't actually even promise them anything. He doesn't say that life is going to be easy. He doesn't say it's going to be fulfilling. He doesn't say they're going to be rich or happy or successful. He simply says, come, follow me, and they simply follow. So for these next few weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to follow Jesus, what it looks like, and how it personally shapes our lives. And I wanted to start here tonight, because why? Why did they give up everything that they had ever known? And I want for you to think for a second about the actual magnitude of what they gave up, because it wasn't just a boat. And it wasn't just their father, but they gave up families. They gave up careers. They probably gave up their own personal hopes and dreams because Jesus called them to follow him. Why? Because following him was worth everything. 
These men knew, they had faith that Jesus was more valuable than anything that they had experienced or gained in their life so far. So they followed him. And tonight I'm preaching to myself sometimes too, but I think we can know up here that that's the same Jesus that we know. It's the same Jesus that we follow. But sometimes I think we forget and hear in our hearts the reality of that truth and what it means for our lives. We can go through the motions of Christianity. We can come to church. We can even pray. We can even read our Bible. But really, are we engaging with the reality that Jesus is worth everything and we get the privilege of following him? Because I believe that we can still be following Jesus, but at a great distance. We still love him. We call him our savior. We call him our friend. We might look to him but we know that we're not where we once were. We're not actively seeking out time with him. Maybe we're not reading our word or passionately praying anymore. And it's not surprising when that happens because as we draw away from God, you know, the closer you are with someone, the more you know them. And the closer you are with someone, the more you become like them. Does anyone know one of those married couples? And you look at them and you're like, did you get it wrong? Are you sure you're not siblings? No, I'm just joking. That's gross. <laughs> no, but really, we all know those married couples and they're so alike. You know, the, you just look at them and you're like, you're perfect together. And, you know, I've only been married for a year and a half. But even in my short experience of marriage to my husband, Jono, like the it's been amazing the stuff that I've noticed about us. Um, for example, all of my friends will know I have a super lame sense of humor. Dad jokes. And Jono used to be funny. But, you know, month by month, he's just getting more and more lame like me. It's amazing. You know, he used to, he used to shut down my jokes and he, he wouldn't laugh. He wouldn't play along. But all of a sudden, he's now starting to make the jokes too. <laughs> Isn't it great? Isn't it great? Marriage is wonderful. You know, and even sometimes the way we dress. Um, the, my workmates are probably agreeing. Yep, those two. <laughs> um, but we, we don't even try. We don't even think we are. But apparently we're even dressing the same. Not so much tonight. <laughs> yeah. And isn't it the same with Jesus? If we're spending time with Jesus, if we're reading his word, if we're looking at his life and following his example, aren't we going to become more like him? Aren't we going to pick up a thing or two about the way that he lived his life and start to imitate? Jesus created us to walk closely behind him because he knew if there was distance, we wouldn't necessarily be living the life that he has called us to lead. That's a a mouthful, so I'll say it again. Jesus created us to walk closely behind him because he knew if there was distance, we wouldn't necessarily be living the life that he has called us to lead. I want you to think for a second about the times in your life that you have felt really close to Jesus. And I want to say here, he is always close to us. His word tells us that. But think about the times where you have been pushing in, where you have been seeking desperately after God. And for a lot of you tonight, maybe not all of us, but are those the times where you've had a crisis? Are those the times where you have felt so alone, like no one else in your world is there? 
but Jesus has been there. And I think it's a challenge to all of us tonight that we're not just living out of that place when everything is wrong. We're not just living out of that place of depending on Jesus as our second or third or fourth or fifth option, but actually we have a posture and a stance every single day that he is the one that we are leaning on. Mountaintop or valley, he is the one that we are turning to. We're not waiting for something to go wrong to be close to Jesus. We're not waiting for a disaster or for everyone to leave us, but we're seeking after him first and foremost every single day of our lives. I've thought a lot about what it is in my own life that puts distance between God and myself. And there's probably a few things I could share, but one word I want to share tonight is apathy. Apathy is defined as a lack of concern, interest, or enthusiasm. And it can be such a dangerous attitude for us to have. Because when we're following Jesus, we need to have that interest. We need to have that drive that is pushing us forward and pushing us closer towards him. But when apathy sneaks in, we're starting to just drift through life without any real purpose or direction. We're not really thinking about the path that God has for us, but we're simply wandering through, kind of drifting, just going with the flow. Stuff's happening around us, but we're kind of indifferent. And apathy comes when we continuously choose other people or other things over Jesus. It comes when we forget our great need for him. It comes when we forget to, sorry, refuse to deal with that sin. You know the one. Not my sin, your sin. You probably don't know my sin. (laughs) Apathy comes when we start to get lazy in our relationship with God and when we become indifferent to the things of God. I mean, sure, we could go to church, but sleeping in is nice. And maybe we could talk to that new person, but I'm actually pretty happy over here with my friends, so don't really need to. But following Jesus requires us to move and to change and to grow and be willing to be shaped by God. Be willing to be put out of your comfort zone and to be changed. And I believe that if we are living in this way, if we are following closely behind Jesus, we require great faith. And I want to make a point here on this word faith, because I think there are many things that following Jesus requires, right? It requires our perseverance, our trust, hope, patience, love, all these things. So why faith tonight? And I chose this word faith because when I read through that passage in Matthew 4, I see four men that had tremendous faith. Hebrews 1 verse, sorry, Hebrews 11 verse 1 defines faith as confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. These men had families, they had careers, they had a life, they had the whole shebang. But yet they had faith that Jesus was the one for them. They had a confidence in him and they had an assurance that he would lead them along the right path. Can't wait to ask them in heaven one day about how that moment went. <laughs> Giving it up just one, one second for Jesus. It's amazing. So let's not forget the wonder of walking in an everyday relationship with God. But let's not forget to have faith because, boy, do we need it. We don't always see what is ahead. And actually, I'd argue that we never see. 
Have any of you ever predicted how your life would pan out? I haven't. (laughs) Not yet. But we can have faith because our faith is in the one who does see. Our faith is in the one who is leading us down this path. And that is why we can follow close. This is why this declaration of I will follow is so powerful because it is a statement that declares where our faith is. And I am quickly running out of time. So I was reading through Hebrews chapter 11 and it is all about faith. It begins by defining it like we heard before. And then it goes on to talk about heroes of faith in the Bible. But then the start of chapter 12 starts with this little word, therefore. And a wise man, a wise scholar called Paul Bennett, he's not here tonight, but he once said, if there's a therefore, you need to find out what the therefore is there for. So I found out what the therefore was there for, and I read back to Hebrews 11, and we read chapter 12 in context with reference to what happened in chapter 11. So let's read chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. What an amazing verse. Jesus is the initiator of our faith. Our faith sprung into action when he called us and we answered. We said, yes, we will follow. But that's not the end. There's something so much more amazing to go along with that because he also perfects our faith. And do you know what that means tonight? God knows that your faith is not perfect. He knows that you don't have it all together. He knows that you are on a journey. Does that just give anyone else a huge sigh of relief tonight that God does not expect you to have amazing faith yet? He knows you right where you are and he perfects our faith. So as I come to a close really soon, what does that mean for us? It means that we can follow Jesus closely. It means that it doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter what sin or mistake that you are carrying, you can let it go. It doesn't matter what doubts you have or negative attitudes or bad mindsets or people that you aren't forgiving, you can let that stuff go and you can run the race. You are not disqualified from running the race. And I say run tonight because you don't have to walk. You know, you don't have to be right back here and Jesus is the head and you've got all the stuff between you and undoubt things. No, you can follow closely behind Jesus. We have that access tonight. And as we follow him, our faith is becoming perfected. Isn't that the best thing? So how do we, how do we run? We strip off every weight. Not as easily done as it is said, but we strip off every weight. Cool, I'll grab the panel up to join me. Yeah, so I want to encourage you just as we go into our panel discussion now, just to have a think in your own life about a weight that is holding you back from running with Jesus. Awesome.
Uh, good evening. Uh, Jeremiah is my name, uh, and I'd ask you what's yours, but then I couldn't hear what it is. So uh, good evening, and welcome to our Life Talk panel. Uh, this is a chance where you can uh, engage with what's kind of been talked about tonight, any questions that maybe you have, wonderings of how do I actually live that out during my week, what did Anna mean by this, and kind of ask our uh, members of the panel what kind of their ideas and thinking is around a few things. So on the panel tonight we have Anna. Anna's on team with us here at church. Um, Ange and her husband Carl are our senior pastors. And then Alan and his wife Ange, not this Ange, Alan and his wife Ange, uh, run our cafe out, um, out here and are also champion Red Frogs pancake makers. It's, it's good to say. So um, I've got a few questions to start us off, um, and then I've got the phone here, so feel free to text through some questions that you might have. Anna, how do we recognize to start with where we're at in our relationship with God? You know, you've said that we need to follow closely. We don't have to follow from a distance, but how do we start to know exactly where we are? I think you have to look at what you are doing in a day. Because I think there's a quote somewhere that someone said that the way we live our day is the way we live our life or something along those lines. So if you go through a whole day without really thinking about God or without the desire to pick up your Bible or, um, you know, pray or just talk to God, I think that's a great sign that maybe you need to have a look at where you're at and how close you actually are following. So uh, I guess we'll ask the you guys as well, how do you recognize where you're at in your relationship with God? Are there signs or indicators that you go, oh, I'm not in a great place, or I really need to to push into God more, or spend more time in his word, or do you just kind of sit back and go, I think I'm doing okay, and kind of hope for the best? Um, I think, yeah, it's pretty obvious usually. Um, You know what you do. You know whether you're reading your Bible, whether you're going to church, whether you're praying. Um, And so, the only person you're lying to if you think you're okay when you're not doing those things is yourself. So, yeah, it's, it, to me it's pretty obvious whether you're close to Jesus or not. Right. One of my indicators for me that I know if I've sort of just gotten too focused on doing life myself, because we can get into that kind of, you know, we have our own abilities and strengths and you can kind of get by your normal week doing your own thing. Uh, is when I realize that some stuff's been going on and I've been trying to fix it and I haven't prayed. That's my big warning bell that goes off and I suddenly remember, I haven't even prayed about this, you know? And for me, that goes, okay, I just, I need to step back and take some time. I've gotten too self-focused rather than God-focused, yeah. Um, By nature, I can tend to be a bit of an impatient person. So a big pointer for me is um, if I'm being really impatient because I know I'm not drawing from the strength of God and waiting for for him to figure stuff out, but I'm just like, right, let's do it, let's make it happen. So that's a big one for me. Okay, so I want to throw a bit of a curveball, and I can be reading my Bible and coming to church and still not be close to God. It's so, true. So, yes. so, so, yes. So, is is that I, well, I come to church every Sunday and I read my Bible every week, so I'm close to God. What do you do then? I suppose it depends on how you read your Bible and what you do at church. I mean, coming in, sitting down listening, walking out, do you interact, do you um, fellowship with other, other Christians? Um, and then it's those times when you're on your own that you're not um, reading your Bible that you have time to actually converse with God, pray, 
um, listen. Um, and it doesn't have to be, right, I'm setting aside 15 minutes in the morning to do that. It's throughout the day, right. you know. It's, it's those moments when, okay, here's a decision, God, what, where do you want me to go? Because right. we can put on the face on Sunday, can't we? We can do all the right things. But like Alan said, if you're not having those times when it's just you and God, where there's no one else watching and you don't have to put on a facade, and if you're not having those times, I think that's a big, big sign. And I think it comes down to two things, motivation and expectation. And I think so you can, you know, be motivated to come to church to see your friends and hang out and get a good coffee. Um, Or you can be motivated to go to church because, you know, you need to be gathered with other believers in a time of worship and be fueled up for your week ahead. Same with prayer times. You can do prayer to tick it off a list, to be honest. Uh, And reading the Bible, the same thing. It's like, oh, well, I've got to get through my chapter this day or week or however much you read the Bible. Um, But if if that's all you're going into, that's the only motivation you're going into it, your expectation is going to be pretty low. And, uh, yeah, so I think if you have your um, expectation set on meeting with God in your daily life, it changes the closeness that you have with him because it would be like calling up a friend Uh, to have a chat but not expecting them to answer you know so yeah okay so let's um let's be honest here and go what does that look like for you guys so we can say read the bible we can say come to church we can say pray but for each person that might look different we might not all set aside four hours in the morning like you Anna to pray um you know and then read three hours in the bible and that sort of thing um, you, you forgot about my midnight prayer where I, where I rise again, wake up so, at midnight, got my alarm. I'm so, I'm so sorry. So, but, you know, is, is that the expectation? What does it look like for you? Because I'm sure even within us sitting here, it looks quite differently about how, how do you read your Bible? How do you remember to pray throughout the day? How, what does that look like? Um, if, if you don't mind me answering this from kind of a reverse point, because a breakthrough sure. for me in my personal walk with God from it being a sense of duty to relationship was actually when I realized there didn't have to be a, any kind of I have to amount. And honestly, I lived by that whole, you know, I think when we hear all this seek after God and that kind of thing, it feels like it's so driven by have to's. And, and I felt like if I hadn't prayed enough that day or that week or whatever it might be or hadn't read my bible I almost felt like I couldn't it was like a barrier to me because I had already disappointed God but there was no disappointed no disappointment sorry he was just waiting he was just waiting and I think once I got over that and realized actually it's just all about what works for me in closeness of relationship and once that became a natural thing not a formulated thing I mean I get that you diary some things to make sure there's discipline and that's important but if, you, if it becomes so much about discipline that you lose it being a natural thing, then, then you've missed the point completely. Right. And so for me, it is literally, instead of setting aside massive times of prayer, I find that difficult with you know, family and all that kind of thing, um, I'm constantly referring to God. And it sounds like a weird way to say it. It's not like I'm always speaking out loud to God, but always in my mind, I'm like, you know, connecting with God on what I'm thinking, what I'm saying, who I'm talking to, and, and seeking what he's, he's but sometimes doing. creating those habits and those disciplines to start with yeah. can be a great place Absolutely. to start. Absolutely, and and I think again it's that whole thing about uh, I think Carl preached last week on faith not being feelings driven, and if we just waited to do everything till we just wanted to, um, that's a failure as well. Sometimes we just have to walk in obedience when we don't feel it, mm-hmm. but then it should become a natural thing where we actually want to turn to God. Yeah. 
just like to continue on that. Um, I was never brought up in a family that went to church every Sunday. So to me, you know, giving up my Sunday recreation time to attend a meeting with other people seemed a bit strange. And it took, took me a while in my early Christian days that, um, that it was optional sort of thing. And, and so instead of looking for sort of, um, you know, this is what we do, it was a case of, you know, oh, no, I had a late night last night, so we'll, we'll have a sleep in today because we weren't that. Um, but when you've made that decision, and, and maybe this goes back to I have decided, um, yeah. but when you make that decision that, yes, church is a, not an option, um, attending, and it becomes that habit, yeah. it becomes that um, thing, and then you start to get involved and, and give of yourself while you're there, um, that closeness to God comes as, uh, follows on from that. And I encourage you, if you didn't uh, hear the message that um, Andrew referred to that Carl preached, was it last week? Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, Elizabeth Sergal Stringer shared a message as well at our evening service. Go back and listen to it, because they're just an incredible um, encouragement for where you're at, no matter how it's feeling, to continue to push in, to turn up, to, to chase after, and follow God. I, we, we are running out of time, but I want to um, maybe ask one more question. Someone texts in, I feel like I don't know who God is anymore. Who do I go to then, or how do I get onto it? If there's a distance between us and God, or we're feeling, you know, apathetic towards it, and where do I go? I think it's a twofold thing, because as difficult as it is, and whoever you are, it is so hard when you feel in that place, like you're so far from God, but you so want to figure out what it looks like to, to know him again and to love him again. You have to go to him. And you have to go to his word. And it's so so difficult because it's probably the last thing that you want to do right now. So go to his word, read. Um, but on the other side of that as well, talk to someone. Right. Maybe you have a friend that you know is really strong in their faith or, um, you know, come and chat to one of the team if maybe you don't have any really strong Christian friends. Um, just find somebody that is going to point you in the right direction. And even if they just start with telling you, hey, God is still there. It can be as simple as that, but just find, seek out that encouragement from others that you will know and love God again. Uh, there can be lots of different uh, reasons why somebody gets to that place, and I don't know the specific circumstances here, but um, often you can grow up with you know, hearing about God, knowing God through your parents' faith or friends' faith or that kind of thing, or, you know, maybe you've studied various religions and, and you sort of had a, a bit of confusion. <clears throat> and um, and as much as that can be a really confusing time, um, I want to encourage you to feel excited, actually, about the stage you're in, because if you don't feel that you know God yet, you're going to find him, and that's actually amazing. And if you, and I, I'm with Anna, and you go directly to the source, instead of trying to study everything and find him through knowledge, uh, seek him, trust that the Holy Spirit will speak to you. And, um, yeah, I, I want to encourage you to feel excited that, that for you, the best part is yet to come because you're going to find God in a personal way. Um, and I think a lot of people uh, go through these what we, crisis of faith, you know, and, and, and we, see, we hear that and go, oh, what a terrible thing. You're going through a crisis of faith. I think it should be celebrated because you're going to find faith for yourself. And, and that's a great thing if you're willing to seek God. You will find him. His, promise, his promises in the word. So, yeah. <laughs> um, we are, we are going to finish up so I'm just about to hand it back to Anna but 
you know, I, I encourage you to, to talk to each other about it, to ask the questions of, of other people, to go, what does it look like for you following Jesus each day? Be encouraged. You know, if you've got something you find works really well for you and how you read the Bible or, or how you pray to God, you know, t- t- talk to people about it. Um, make it a, a natural part of your conversations to encourage, inspire one another, to challenge each other, to continue to follow no matter how it feels like. Um, so I'm going to hand back to Anna. Can we just thank our panel? They've been awesome. Awesome. So we're going to go back into a time of worship now. So the team's going to join us. But um, here tonight, we have an opportunity. And if there's anything tonight that has spoken to you, maybe you are feeling distant from God, or maybe you are feeling apathetic like I have at times, and you want to reignite that passion and that enthusiasm for following Jesus. We just want to invite you tonight. This is your time. This is your opportunity where you can come up the front and you can receive prayer. And I just want to say coming up and receiving prayer is not some big spiritual thing, but it's simply a declaration that you don't want to walk through this alone. And this is what church family is. Church family is not walking through things alone. It's not hiding in a corner with everything that you're feeling and everything that you're facing, but it's actually bringing it into the light. And when we stuff bring, not when we stuff, when we bring stuff into the light, we are taking the power out of the enemy's hands and we're giving it into the hands of God and into the hands of this church family. Because when you bring something into the light, there's no darkness to cover it, to hide it anymore. And I have found in my life that the times where I've been up here or I've gone out for coffee and shared with a friend about what's really happening in my life have been the times where I've found healing. So if that's you tonight and you want to come up the front, I mean, it doesn't even have to be about what we talked about tonight. It can be about anything, but I just encourage you, this space is here. We're going to sing a couple of worship songs now. So if you all want to stand with me and let's just pray. Lord, I thank you for your presence here tonight. Lord, I thank you that you are always with us and you are always close. And God, we don't necessarily feel it. We don't necessarily recognize it every single day or every single moment. But God, we know it. We know that you are close. And Lord, as we have talked tonight about what it looks like to follow you, Father, I pray that we will have the passion, the enthusiasm, the drive to follow you closely, to run our race with endurance. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you tonight. We know that you are here. And God, I pray that you will minister to hearts tonight, that those who feel far from you will draw in close again, that those who feel like they don't know you will take that one little step closer towards you tonight, God, whether it's making a decision to come out the front, whether it's making a decision that they're going to talk to someone. Lord, I pray that we will not leave this place the same tonight as when we came in because we know that you are a powerful God. We know that you are a mighty God, that you want to change lives, that you want us to be shaped by you. You want us to grow in our faith and have our faith perfected as we follow you. So Jesus, do your work tonight, Lord. Have your way tonight. In Jesus' name we pray.